Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Log 2. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are Camillus Anthony Podcast that uh, occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Natty, it has been a minute. How you doing, buddy? Howdy and what's up, Pete? How's it going? Is it cold where you are? Oh, it's fucking freezing where I am. I think, yeah. I think we got like seven, a high of 17 today. Ooh, that is cold. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's you know, a little ball freezer. Yeah, winter is upon us, and that means basketball. Ooh, Natty Wallach with the transition coming. This is what you've been doing for our two weeks hiatus. You've just been perfecting your transitions from topic it to topic. It took two weeks just for <laughs> that one thing. I feel like I should stop right now. I just saluted you've, and you've I should walk off. Yeah, yep, it's all peaked. down this here. Is, uh, it's, that's fair. That's fair. It's, you know what? It's impressive that you know yourself that well to recognize when you are at your high so that you can fully embrace it and, you know, be comfortable in it and see it for all of its glory, but then recognize that, okay, it's downhill from here and I'm going to mentally prepare myself for that. The toughest scouting is self-scouting. <laughs> And, you know, that's funny because I sort of feel like the Celtics are in the same boat as me. It's just downhill, buddy. Oh, 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 you're so you're so witty, Natty. You you've <laughs> not only improved your transitions, but also your wit and humor uh, during our, our hiatus. Well, but, we got to get ready for this shit talking season dude, because it's going to be so weird and everyone's. Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited. Oh my God. We yeah. are, we are, yeah, we are ramping it up uh, quickly before we jump into our, th- our whole spiel for, for this week. Um, if you do fantasy basketball, if you do play, uh, make sure to go check us out. Fake teams.com. We are, uh, we have all of a bunch of written content that will be coming out. We've, I already have my top hundred players out there. Uh, I know Natty, you have uh, a, a mock draft out there for, to kind of calm fantasy managers who might be uh, in a bad position in their draft about just how, even if you, even if it's the absolute worst draft you could possibly have, how you can still get uh, good players and build a good team. So make sure if you're listening that you do check out fake teams, we're going to have so much content coming to you throughout the NBA season as it begins in like two in a week, which is just insane. Um, but we are going to, this is, this is kind of Natty's corner and I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite things. One of a lot of people, obviously sleepers is a big thing uh, in fantasy and fantasy, any sport, right? You want to, you want to get players who are going to outperform their ADP, who maybe other people in your fantasy leagues are sleeping on. Um, And one of the things that you Natty have, have pointed to, and I'm giving you full credit, no one else (laughs) in the entire world has ever thought of this. Um, but you love, you love to target bad NBA teams or teams that we just like that people perceive as bad and just, and just have a stink about them as where you get your sleepers from, because not only are you going to be getting players who, you know, you're not already looking for players who maybe don't have quite the name recognition that, that are as as broadly, but you're also getting them from a team that someone in your league might be like, ah, do I really want someone from the, the Knicks on my team? or from the Cavs on my team. Like, no, no one wants that. And yet there are some fantasy guys out there who are certainly worth rostering and getting onto your squad uh, during your draft. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about uh, a handful of sleepers from, from from bad NBA teams that you can be targeting and should be targeting uh, in your fantasy drafts. You want to start us off Natty? Sure. Let's start with my team. I mean, why Let's not? Let's go Pistons. Yeah. So the the operating principle for this is exactly like you said, people don't know or don't care about most of the players on bad teams. 
like for like Julius Randle is the perfect dude. Like oh, a guy that gets you Randall. stats. No one cares about the Knicks right now, except for Knicks fans. And there are a lot of them, but it's like, if you're in Seattle, what the fuck do you care about what Julius Randle did? Unless right. he's on your team. He's 26 years old and he was number 76 on ESPN's basic player Raider life last year. Like that's just a dude that gets you solid stats, but it's not sexy and you probably don't watch him. Totally. But the guy that I want to talk about is I think the guy with perhaps the highest upside in terms of like the middle round or, you know, like from 50 to 125. How about that? Someone who can get you real value if everything goes well. Two years ago, Blake Griffin, a Detroit Piston, averaged 24 and a half points per game, seven and a half boards per game, 5.4 assists per game. He averaged seven three-point attempts per game and shot him at a clip of 36%, and he shot 46% from the floor overall. Only four players did that last year. So these were Blake's numbers from two years ago. The four players who averaged that last year were Giannis, Luka, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James, and Blake had a better three-point percentage than all of those four dudes two years ago. Blake's currently going like 96th, I think, in drafts, 94th. He's a guy that could be a top 10 player if he's totally healthy and if he's playing like he did two years ago, then he could be one of the best players in fantasy. And the Pistons are maybe trash. We don't know. They they could be mediocre. Like it might not be a dumpster fire depending, but it's Blake's team. Andre Drummond isn't even there anymore. Like there are rookies there's Derrick Rose, and there's Blake Griffin. It's Blake Griffin's team. He's only 31 years old, by the way. I feel like we sort of he talk does about feel him like he's so much Right, he does yeah. feel a lot older than what he actually is. And he's been injured. I mean, he's missed, he missed his rookie season. Um, yep. Yep. A lot of those injuries, though, have sort of been, you know, freaky. Like he broke his hand once because he got into a fight. Uh, and so... A lot of those, like, you can't say that he has, that he keeps getting those injuries over and over again. But the accumulation of all of them and the way that he plays sort of lends yourself to thinking that he is a risk. But two years ago, he played 75 games. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if he's really healthy and he hasn't played basketball in a long time, a long time, then I feel like he could be one of the best players in fantasy and maybe the dude that helps a lot of people win their leagues. Yeah. And the thing about him that you, I mean, you ran through his stats back in, you know, in the 2018, 19 season. Um, And it's, it's the fact that he has the potential to be a stat sheet stuffer that he is going to get you. Obviously. I mean, he can easily average 25 points. He can, he's going to, I mean, they, when they brought him in, Point Blake was born. Uh, he did, you know, five point five and a half assists basically when he was 2018, 19 season, even the 2017, 18 season, when he was brought in during the trade, you know, uh, that mid season, he did, he averaged six and almost six and a half assists during that period of time. So like his assists could fluctuate between five and six. And the thing is he had seven and a half assists in 2018, 19. He had, uh, or sorry, rebounds, excuse me, 4.7 rebounds, 19, 20 before he got injured. But without Andre Drummond there, I mean, Andre Drummond was getting, you know, the man absorbs rebounds. Exactly. So that's gone. And I mean, Blake, Blake could be now seeing an extra two to three rebounds a game, which means he could be flirting with a double, double any given night. uh, And might even, that might even average it. And the three point shooting uh, his defense is fine. You know, uh, he's going to probably get you about a stock a game, which, you know, isn't the worst. Uh, I think he is, he is a, a player who like, if I, if I solidified my starting lineup in a draft, 
I would be, I would hundred percent be like, yes, Blake Griffin, I'm taking him because what you said is totally true where there is a lot of risk injuries, people just kind of being like, ah, the Pistons suck. So what can Blake really do? Um, but we have seen really good players. I mean, think of Russell Westbrook's MVP season with the thunder once Durant left. And it's just like, not a lot of pieces around him. The guy still put up stats, you know, at a godly number. And so Blake can certainly do that. Uh, so I like it. I mean, he'll be someone who I certainly look to draft if I'm doing redraft leagues or I am in a dynasty league and I might try to see if I can buy him maybe a little bit low, uh, in dynasty. And even if he's like 18, four and four, if he actually has a three point shot, that's better than average. Totally. You know, it's, there's just so much upside with him. And because you can, he's not even 70% owned in ESPN leagues. Like you can get him fairly cheap and be extremely satisfied. Also, I mean, who knows? He might be playing small ball five, like who knows what kind of eligibility in terms of position they'll have true too. through the rest of the season can pick a point guard. Um, Oof, wouldn't that be saucy? Right. It's the, the Pistons sort of don't have anything to lose. Like Dwayne Casey is the coach of a team with youngins and a couple of vets. And, you know, like, now that there are 10 teams that could possibly make the playoffs in each conference, the Pistons have a shot, but they could also be the worst team in the league. However, if Blake is healthy and is playing, he will get you counting stats yes. for sure. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I want to talk about a guy on another team that, you know, people just love to ignore and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we have spent plenty of time on this podcast, mocking the Cavaliers and their team building strategy. Uh, but I do want to talk about one of their young guards. Colin Sexton is a guy who I feel like perfectly epitomizes this. And eh, I ignore him because he's on the, on the Cavs, but looking at his numbers last year, he played 65 games, 20.8 points, uh, 3.1 rebounds, three assists, one steal a game, uh, shot 38% from three on roughly four attempts, 47% from the field. Those aren't bad numbers. And now they get even better when you look at his last five games before the bubble. He was averaging 30 points a game, four and a half assists, 1.5 steals per game, uh, while shooting an efficient 58.4 from the field and 37 from three. So, Obviously, he's not going to get you 30 a game from here on out, but that he might work his way into the low 20s, even mid 20s uh, from a from a scoring output. And then the assists, maybe that upticks one or two, uh, especially with, you know, Andre Drummond there and you're getting a pick and roll game. Like, I just think that Sexton is one of those guys where you look at the, the Cavaliers roster construction and you're just like, oh, this makes no sense. Like from an actual basketball perspective, this is terrible. I don't know what the Cavs are doing, but fantasy wise, the man puts, you know, can put solid numbers up and that's what you can only care about in, in fantasy hoops. So I like him as someone who could be a, you know, a solid point guard for you in fantasy without really having to pay for him because people are just going to be like, Oh, Colin Sexton for the Cavs. Do I really want to do that? Uh, most people will probably shy away. Last year, he ended up 52nd on the player Raider in basic. That was better than Fred Van Vliet and Jamal Murray. Mm. Now, Jamal Murray had a change in the bubble. Jamal he Murray, will, like, found the uh, the Mike special juice and, and hit it hard. Yeah, he and Don Mitch will be different this year. But also, the bubble was different, and everything's changed. So um, maybe we should temper our expectations for those two guys a little bit. However, for Colin Sexton, so like I said, like a top 60 dude last year, he averaged at least 16 shots per game last year, and he had a 47% field goal percentage. Only 12 players did that. Giannis, Kyrie, Westbrook, Kawhi, Devin Booker, the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, LeBron, De'Aaron Fox, Tobias Harris, Nick, excuse me, Nikola Vucevic, and Sexton. Sexton is the youngest of those dozen. He is going to be on a better team this year, presumably. It would be hard to be worse. Um, <laughs> One would hope. 
you know, like they actually drafted a three. Isaac Okoro's there, and uh, I think he's probably a pretty good pickup as well. Um, if Kevin Love is healthy, that will be interesting, and it's another guy that can pass. Um, you know, hopefully Darius Garland is better <laughs> than he was last year. Even, um, so, you know, they have a short backcourt, but Sexton is a real player. He could be a top 30 player this year. Like if he takes a step up, then who knows what his numbers will end up being. Um, He's already in pretty good company. I like him a lot. He is less than 80% owned and he's getting picked 89th right now on draft boards. That's, you know, that's value. That's a guy that you can take at the back end of a hundred that could end up in the top 40. That's, Mm -hmm exactly what you're trying to do in drafts and you know that he'll get minutes like he's young yeah. you know yep. they're yep. they're not going to spell him or rest him really the odds of well, them making he's the playoffs also- aren't great so it's not like they would try to make a trade uh and right. lessen his his role he's also someone where it's just like he it, like he is a part for all intents and purposes, part of Cleveland's future. Like the, the, the Cavs aren't moving. Sure, anywhere you could argue if, it's his team. Right. Exactly. The Cavs aren't moving anywhere. If he doesn't like, they are waiting for him to do stuff, him and, and Garland. So like he is going to be a vital part of that team, unless for whatever reason he gets moved, but he's a vital part of that team. And he's going to be the one who's kind of initiating the offense. And if you can get that at a massive discount because of the stigma of Cleveland, and just because of the fact that, you know, he was fine early in the season. Like I definitely remember parts, large parts of the season where you were like, ah, Colin Sexton kind of not playing up to what you want him to be. Uh, but that, that, how he ended last year and and where he's currently ranked in terms of ADP, he's going to be a guy who uh, I will have a hard time not snagging as like, I mean, if he's your backup point guard. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We should expect young players to improve. And even though we haven't seen him in a while, maybe that just means he'll be that much better. So he could be some real value and Garland, his backcourt may like, excuse me he was 175 last year on the player raider i sort of feel like garland's floor this year is 150 um yeah it it would be hard for him like they're just going to play him so much that he's going to get you stats uh Mm -hmm. but they're both still young and this is a team that we really don't know what the hell to expect we think they'll be pretty mediocre on the other hand shit man kevin love is good if he is yeah. totally healthy, then, you know, he's one of the best 30 players in the NBA that maybe they'll be more competitive than we think. And maybe that will help the young players. Yep. What else you got? Okay. Let's see here. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about DeJounte Murray. Let's do it. The Spurs, that most boring of teams, but always you know, in it. DeJounte Murray is one of their young guards. They've been turning over the team for several years now. Uh, DeChosen's still there. LaMarcus Aldridge is still there. Aldridge keeps sort of evaporating, like his numbers are steadily going down. Uh, But DeChosen, he averaged 22-5-5 last year. Only 17 players averaged uh, five boards and five dimes. DeMar DeRozan was like one of was like the epitome of what we are talking about. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like DeMar DeRozan was a phenomenal fantasy guy last year, but you just, he didn't do anything flashy. He didn't shoot. He didn't have like th- nights where he just was like draining it from three. It's the Spurs, which is the, the most boring team to watch. And so and he doesn't take threes. I mean, right, he doesn't even yeah, take them. Is. And so, and so he's like, the, he is the, he is the captain of this, of this notion where it's like, Wow. I, cause I was just looking over my dynasty team and, uh, and I have, and I have DeMar DeRozan. I was like, good Lord. He was like the third best player on my team last year. And yet I don't feel at all. Like he was, uh, had put together a phenomenal, you know, I just was just like, Oh yeah. DeMar DeRozan had a good year, I guess. Anyways, <laughs> continue talking right. about DeJounte Murray. Because when we talk about the Spurs, it's usually in the context of Greg Popovich rather than the individual players. You know, it's the Spurs team now that they don't really have, a superstar in Kauai, it's Spurs culture. 
and they've been drafting these young guards and trying to turn the roster over, over while they have DeRozan and Aldridge. Um, DeJounte Murray is 24 years old. Last year, he averaged 10-plus points per game, 5-plus boards per game, and 4-plus assists per game. He was only one of 25 players that did that, and he was the lowest minutes per game of that group. He'll be around 30 minutes this year, I'm sure. Like, his numbers are just going to go up. He Mm -hmm. basically fills the stat sheet. He's not scoring 20 points per game, but, you know, why not 15, 6, and 5 if it keeps going like this and and he improves? Um, The Spurs team is better this year, I think. Uh, you know, they're, they're young, they're young guys, Derek white, their other young guard, he's getting better. Devin Vassell, their draft pick. I love that for them. And there's, you know, no real reason to think that the Spurs will be bad because they're never bad. They just underwhelmed and underperformed last year to expectations because we think of the Spurs so highly, but DeJounte Murray, that's a guy who's coming up young he is going to be have a larger role with the Spurs this year. Like I said, he didn't even play 27 minutes per game last year. Like, this is a guy who's going to get minutes and more shots, and who knows how good he could be. Like, if his three-point shot is better this year, then watch out. And he's one of the best pickpockets in the NBA. I mean, he, he <laughs> averaged 1.7 steals per game, which was, what, one, two, three, four, fifth in the in the league last year. And so I, you know, anyone who listens to the show knows how much we appreciate the value of stocks um, and, and spoiler alert, I'll be talking about someone who's specifically going to give you that later, but that's another just like beautiful facet of his game and something that will continue to increase with, with, you know, more minutes. There's no reason, like there's no, there's no person breathing down his neck, you know, right. like this right. is the lead yep. guard for yep. this Spurs team and he has players he knows he can depend on. Like, you know what DeMar is going to do. You know what LMA is going to do. Uh, Jacob Hurdle's still there. You know, it's just such a competently run team, and they have help on the perimeter now. There's nothing but upside with this guy. Like, he's definitely one of my favorite young players just because I believe in Spurs' development. Mm-hmm. And this guy's long, you know tons of potential plays hard uh and if he's good enough for greg popovich then i think he should be good enough for the rest of us i like it i like it a lot all right going to cut in here uh before we move on to do a quick ad break you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, back to whatever we were talking about. Um, All right, talking about stocks, I want to talk about the man who is all about the stocks. And and this is just, he has a special place in my heart because way back when he first got drafted and I did a 2K league or a 2K franchise, I drafted him or I, I traded for him and he just developed into basically what I've always wanted the Celtics to have, which is just a hyper-athletic rim protector, uh, basically before Robert Williams was on the Celtics. And that is Nerlens Noel, who is in New York with the Knicks. Uh, but this is, again, like I said, Stocks is the name of the game here. I love finding players late in drafts who you can get for pretty cheap. If like you might not even need to draft them, 
currently no noel is going let me think he is or let me see he is the 138th player off the board uh in terms of uh, fantasy pros average adp position so that is you know that's way down there and the guy gets you boards and he gets you stocks last year averaged two and a half stocks per game and he had total of five rebounds on 18 minutes for for okc now with the knicks we've seen two games with the knicks in preseason you, you gotta love some tom thibodeau because tom thibodeau is just pumping the minutes to New Orleans and, and Mitch Robinson can sit on the bench. New Orleans Unreal. is, <laughs> you, you might not agree with it, but it's great for New Orleans's value. Uh, 22 minutes per game through two, two games against the, uh, so far in the preseason. And in that time, averaging nine boards. And again, like clockwork, 2.5 stocks per game. So I love him as someone who you can get late in drafts as that just, just a piece to, reliably get you boards reliably get you defense and maybe occasionally he'll have a couple points here and there but he is someone who i like a lot for that specific purpose if that's what you if that's a hole you need to fill on your team uh and he finished he was you know player 77 on espn's player raider last year so even that specific role still gets you viable top 100 fantasy production yeah i laughed when i saw that tibbs was doing this because nerlands does sort of feel like a tibbs center you know like he's not joking noah but um he's a high energy long dude who loves to play defense and that's what his strength is so it does sort of feel like a good match um from a team like from an assets point of view, I sort of feel like the Knicks should be playing, should be starting Mitchell Robinson because if you, Oh, a hundred percent, you should be starting like, your young stud center. Who's averaging like, you know, three blocks a game or whatever. The guy, I mean, he's great. This is the preseason, you know, like who knows what the deal is. Like maybe he's, I don't know, sore or something. Like we can't put too much, faith into preseason stuff but it is really interesting and everyone took notice of that because Mitch Robb is such a popular player and Knicks fans love him so um I mean my next guy is Nick as well because this team does have opportunity which is what you're looking for on bad teams um and they are sort of dedicated to a couple of the players and then (laughs) I thought Mitch Robb was one of them maybe not though but on the other hand, you know, if they're both going to play 24 minutes, then like Mitrov might just foul out at 20 minutes, no matter what. So <laughs> we have to see, we have to see how it goes, but you, you could tell, I mean, as, as soon as Tibbs and Noel got together, it was like, Oh, a defense oh, this veteran. Is, this gotcha. is happening. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But you know, he's also going to coach him up. Uh, he, he knows how to use centers. So maybe this will be good for both of them. Um, I I hesitate to tell people to draft Mitch Rob as high as if they were certain mm-hmm. that he's a starter, but it's also mm-hmm. like you don't want to let him drop too low. So it's just sort of really confusing now. Um, you you might just have to go with which player you like more because they both could be starting um, in a couple of months, just not I mean, on the I same would, team. I- yeah, I would honestly still say I would still break in favor of Mitchell Robinson just because he gives you more offense to go along with boards and and stocks. Um, but again, that's that's how I would break. Uh, and but but Mitch Rob is obviously that he's obviously getting that advantage already in terms of his ADP. Like he's not he's not coming cheap uh, for you if you are looking at. Let me quickly bring up what his uh, uh, Robinson. Yeah, like I certainly wouldn't draft him. Yeah, he's going top, top 50 right round. now. Yeah, so it's like... And oh my God, he's going above Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown and Kristaps and Kelly and Christian Wood. Oh my God, I'd have all those well, guys. Well, Kristaps, who knows when he's going to play. Kristaps, that's, that's true. The injury plays into there. but uh, <laughs> Right, but obviously Porzingis is a better player. <laughs> also, quick side note. You did on your on your, uh, on your your mock draft. I'm glad that we're on the same page that like Gordon Hayward low-key should be 
drafted. Like Gordon Hayward. Oh yeah. Could actually be, I think he's going to be extremely good in Charlotte. I feel like people are just like, think are forgetting what Gordon Hayward was in Utah when the whole offense was on him and he wasn't dealing from any weird kind of cursed injuries. And then just the the Celtics team just passed him too quickly uh, because he got injured and because Tatum and Brown and, and Marcus and all those guys just, you know, they ascended so rapidly, especially Tatum. Yoked Tatum is coming for that MVP, by the way. That is happening. <laughs> that man hey, he is should lo- be. That's I mean, he's what he's his now trajectory what, is for right, sure. He's now he's now six ten, still nineteen years old. Guy's fucking incredible. I mean, I I don't know how he is able to stay nineteen for tw- ten years in a row. <laughs> but anyways, Gordon Hayward is is a goddamn steal going at the back end of fifty. Like, yes, please. I think he's I think he has the potential to to really flirt with like old Utah Gordo. Yeah, yeah, like twenty five and five. Yeah. I watched Charlotte versus Toronto. I got made fun of by my friends for watching <laughs> that game. I don't care. The uh, the game was a lot of fun. And I will say this. Hayward, like, I for, it was like 14, 5, whatever his stat line was. It was effortless. Like, yeah. he hardly even seemed like he was trying. There's a lot of dudes on Charlotte. You know, like, there's a lot of guys there. And they all are sort of young. And they all sort of like passing the ball. And, like, it seemed like they were just having a great time playing with each other. Their uniforms were just a crisp. It looked so good against Toronto's red. Um, and it was great seeing Toronto. Yeah. Fred Van Vliet made this ridiculous three at the end of the half, like falling back and almost, it was just such a you fun can game. Trust, you I'm can so trust excited. us on this show to like veer off course within a matter of, you know, 20 minutes into what Dude, sky about. high miles, like. Incredible. PJ Washington didn't score well, but he played really good defense. Um, I mean, I'm Terry Rozier. It. it was that was a fun game. I'm I'm so excited about Charlotte. Matty getting People hyped about the preseason, baby. I know, I know. We shouldn't read into it. Go back five minutes. But I was so impressed with Hayward. I mean, it just sort of looked like he had been playing with them for a long time already. He's fucking it good at strange. basketball, everyone. He's really good. And the Celtics, like, he was, what? What were his numbers? This is what I love bringing up is what Gordon averaged last year on still playing 30 minutes a game, 33 minutes a game, 17, 7, and 4. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty <laughs> shooting 38% from three. That 50% from the floor. That is very good. Now, the biggest difference is he didn't get to the line, but I think he's going to do plenty of that uh, against Charlotte. Anyways, uh, talk to me about who you said you had a, a, also had a Nick that was uh, that might have some a little fantasy relevance. So when discussing bad teams, you want to know what their plans are. Who have they drafted? Who did they try to get? in free agency who's young who do they want to give minutes and shot attempts to the knicks while they do have a bunch of players they're really only super focused on two of them one of them is rj barrett mm-hmm. and the other one is their new draft pick obi Toppin. Mm. obi's mm. in sort of a crowded front court um but we'll see how it goes i mean we're heading towards positionless basketball more and more uh especially depending on matchups so who knows but rj barrett is their guard slash perimeter player of the future like that's their guy there's no fucking way he's going to get crowded out by anybody he is going to get his minutes and he is going to get his shots he's only 50 percent owned like i said sophomore his efficiency was but last year it was not good <laughs> but then think about like what the context of the team was the you know team it's was like but. yeah exactly like there's julius randall and there's him and you still have a coach in tibbs who knows how to coach guards like he knows how to improve guard play we've seen it over and over and over again so R.J. Barrett is going to be a better player under Tom Thibodeau. I think that will show up in every facet. 
I think he's a young player who was drafted highly and they usually improve. This could be a sophomore slump or something, but like there's every reason to think that this team is going to do everything in their power to help him succeed. And if there are other players on the team that aren't on the same page, then they might not be long for this world in Nick's colors. So RJ Barrett is one of, is strangely, even though he's only 50% owned and, you know, he's not going to be a top 25 player or anything, but he is certain. He was a sure thing. You absolutely know that he is going to get his minutes and shots. Yeah. And, you know, there aren't really that many players in the league you can say that about, you know, like 50, but that's not really that much when you're talking about drafts. This is a guy well, you can get later. Right, exactly. You're you know, guy- going... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, you're getting a guy going 122 currently, at least where I'm looking at. Like, you're getting a guy who's going well out of the top 100, and he might be in that company of 50 other guys who are going to get their minutes, their shots, no matter what. And, again, let's let's turn and look at some preseason basketball, shall we, Natty? Sure. Because why the fuck not? Uh, RJ Barrett leading the Knicks in minutes, 32 minutes per game uh, over two games, 16 shot attempts. Uh, from the field leading the Knicks 20 points per game leading the Knicks like everything is lining up for RJ to just be like get your shit get your shots you are going to score us a buttload of points rebounds and assists are not his game uh and three-point shooting also hasn't quite been his game yet I mean his his shooting overall like he he was he was dreadful in efficiency but let me just let me say two things. Let me just underline again that this is a Tom Thibodeau team. <laughs> he will be playing a lot because that's RJ what Barrett's Tom about to average Thibodeau 45 minutes does. a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the efficiency is probably going to be mediocre again. Like, it's not like he's suddenly going to turn into a sharpshooter. Uh, I have to assume that his free throw percentage will go up. And so... When you're thinking about a player like this, you can sort of think about it in terms of like Drummond, like his free throw. You had to punt your free throw percentage if you drafted him because it was so bad. But even if you make small improvements from year to year, that increases their value so much. So getting a dude that, you know, gets opportunities and shots sort of at the low end of his efficiency value means that they're the sky's the limit. Like he's, He's not going to shoot worse, I don't think, you know, like he's a player. So, but I think that's I think you're right. So I sort of feel like he's he is certain to do better. Yeah. And and he has such a huge role to step into that if he does like when he t- when he does play better in a massive role, that equals fantasy production. I am and- ownership i mean like if he does well this year he'll be a hundred percent owned next year just because every knicks fan will take him in the second round (laughs) uh before we move on from the knicks mitchell robinson's nickname according to basketball reference blockness monster not bad not bad maddie that's fucking incredible (laughs) that's such a good nickname (laughs) oh my god the blockness monster what's better blockness monster or stifle tower I like Stifle Tower. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. That's such a lie. I mean, neither of them are better than Time Lord because that's such a funny snark name. I mean, that's amazing. Nothing is better. Nothing is better than Time Lord. Time Lord reigns supreme. God, I'm so glad he's starting tonight for the Celts. I'm so glad. God, I just want this is my dream lineup, Natty. Have you ever heard my dream lineup before in my life? Because here it comes. It's Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, Time Lord. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, maybe going to have to be a lineup heavily used. This like, where'd your depth go? No, it it went down the pooper. Uh, That being said, still pretty stoked. Still Loki, super stoked about uh, about Tristan Thompson and uh, and oh, God damn it. Who am I blanking on? Point guard, Jeffrey Teague, Jeff Teague. Yeah, uh, Teague is like the most capable professional dude you've ever met in your whole life you know like he's, he's a just perfect one of those replacement for guards. brad wanamaker he's a perfect like just a, i a, mean i'd rather have wanamaker but for sure you know it's the the dip isn't 
Right. He, he's he's there to help stabilize things. Exactly. Exactly. They weren't gonna. They weren't gonna pay Brad. Brad, go out and uh, and kill it in in Golden State. Yeah, and that team. I mean, they're they're sort of the team that's closest to positionless basketball with that lineup because Smart can, can guard some centers. Guard. So and some centers can guard every center. Sure, he pushed around to beat. Like I, this is oh, Marcus it, versus beat is the best thing in the world. Depending on Kemba's stat, um, status, you know, like I, th- I think that we're going to see so many different lineups this year because it's such a strange season and everything that's going on that I really wouldn't be surprised to see the Williams playing. Yeah, together. a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. because like, what mm-hmm. else are you going to do, really? I no, mean, I, I sort, I totally agree with you. I'm really, I, I would love for Time Lord to get uh, a real role because he looked, he during the bubble and during the playoffs when he was get, he was such a good spark off the bench. Um, and I just think, I think he's, I love that man. I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, dude, and okay. so many of these guys haven't played basketball in a long time, and they're young. Like I think there's going to be a lot of running this year, and I think, I think so it's going to be a focus on the athleticism of the young guys and then all the old dudes get to rest some more. Yeah. So if you have your eye on like a 24 year old player, who's maybe a little undervalued, you should probably pick them up because if they stay healthy, they're probably going to get a lot of run. I 100% agree with the words that are coming out of your mouth. Well done. Thank you, well sir. Done. Ditto. Good job. Do you have any other players you want to mention? I go. do. I have one guy that I want to talk about, and it's I, I'm quickly debating whether or not uh, which which guy I want to go with. Really, I feel like we we have to touch on the Kings briefly, and sure. I do think and I do think I was going to talk about uh, Tyrese Halliburton, which I think I still will. Ultimately, he's a rookie. He's a stat sheet stuffer who's going to give you points, uh, rebounds, assists, board, uh, stocks. Um, and the nice thing I like about it is he's playing alongside De'Aaron Deion Fox and Buddy Heald, which is great for his fantasy value because, you know, teams are going to be worried about those two guys. Plus, if the Kings do decide to trade Buddy Heald, uh, that's going to open up a lot of a lot of work for for Halliburton. So I think he's he is a guy that you can you can be getting. I also kind of like Harrison Barnes, low key. Sure. Uh, Solid could, player. Solid player going 159 right now, completely just forgotten about and ignored on this kind of young Sacramento, like spicy Kings, uh, little preseason talk, leading the Kings in minutes through the preseason, leading them in points through the uh, second in points, excuse me, Buddy Heald is leading them in points, but second in points through the preseason. So uh, I, I mean, do, is he I do, the oldest player in the? He has to be like rotation, yeah. Which is so, like he's twenty eight, which is still like not that old. I mean, it just shows you how young the the Kings are. And that's his second team after Golden State, right? I mean, like he's a solid player. He he's, was Dallas. He was in Dallas for a hot sec. Yeah, and, and then um, he's gotten his money. I mean, oh yeah, like he's he's boring capable, you know, like just like Tobias Harris, just like Danilo Gallinari. Um, you know, there, there are these wings that are like, they're not B pluses, but they're Bs. And so everybody sort of forgets about them because they're in their later twenties and they play for a team like the Kings and no one's really excited about them, but their, their ceiling isn't that high, but their floor is very, very high. Like he's, Harrison Barnes is a totally safe player to get. I mean, he's going, he's going right before Bull Bull, Jordan Clarkson, and Taco Fall. I mean, like I, I, all, love, I mean, I love Taco on, Fall, but ridiculous. is Taco Fall getting enough minutes to be a reliable fantasy player? God no. Yeah, there's Harrison Barnes is real life better than those guys. Yes, <laughs> like you yes. should sometimes you shouldn't outthink it. You should be like, oh, wait, well, he's a starting three for a t- okay, he's probably for better than team. this backup center. You, right. For the backup backup center. I mean, I yeah. would love for like there's no way Taco Fall is averaging more than like 10 minutes this year, if even. I don't even think he's hitting double digits. Maybe he does. I would love him to, but yeah, that's that's absurd to me. Uh you have anyone else you want to touch on? Because then well, I have a really I did, probing question about your Detroit Pistons and how they've been, occurred the wrath of the Ball family. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, I, I did want to mention just a few other things about the Pistons because they are bad. Uh, Jeremy Grant, one of my fantasy boyfriends and who I love on Denver. I mean, it can't be they, a long two podcast without mentioning Jeremy Grant. Absolutely. 
He was 130 on the player Raider last year. I think with the volume, he's going to be top 100 this year. I mean, he better be. Uh, But his efficiency might go down. So he is a player that I think you can safely draft as a top 100 player. Like it would, he's not going to fall flat on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Killian Hayes, their first round draft pick, number seven overall. Um, He's their starting point guard. You know, like this is Dwayne Casey is going to bring up another young point guard. Uh, He will get volume. You can sort of trust that. The Pistons are very excited about it. Mason Plumley, totally boring, but maybe a stealthy double-double guy. Like, he can get 10 and 11, right? He can just yeah. sort of fall into 12 points and nine rebounds, uh, depending on how much he plays. I think that's a, an incredibly unsexy fantasy pick, but uh, it might be a really good cheap source of boards. And then I just want to mention Sadiq Bay. And Sviatoslav Mikhailiuk, two perimeter players for the Pistons. Everybody needs shooting. These are the two guys that the Pistons are going to want to be shooting. Uh, Sviatoslav could turn into their sharpshooter. He's, if you're looking for a dude to take a flyer on, you should do that for him. Like, he doesn't have that much competition at the two. Um, and if he's just draining threes, like some of these other perimeter players on teams like Tyler Hero, then that's exactly why we dra- why we got him and why we were able to ship Luke Kennard out for not much of a return. And then Sadiq Bay. When I'm you can do that, with. you have to do it. When you can trade right, a good whatever. player for nothing in return, 10 out of 10 make that move. But being optimistic, I think Sadiq Bay and Devin <laughs> Vassell, like those were two of the best wing prospects. Uh, they should be NBA ready coming in. Um, so Detroit's going to have a lot of players that are going to get a lot of run. Siku Dumboy is still there. So it'll be a fun fantasy year for them to see who does what. Um, and you're not at all worried about the LeVar Balkers for Detroit. No. Signing LaAngelo La- La- and then cutting LaAngelo. Like, it's real, Natty. It this doesn't really seem like there's that... I, I mean, if he, if every other team in the league had tried to sign him before us, then I think he would have been with one of the other teams. I, I sort of strangely think that this was like done out of respect to the ball family. Like, yeah, of course we'll take a look, you know, like we're not just going to let him dangle out there and no one takes a shot. And then, you know, predictably he was waived. Um, you know, you it just like there's like a the- Manning brother that hasn't won a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, like not everybody in the family gets to be good. And I mean, who knows? Leangelo is maybe a better shot than Lamelo, even though Lamelo drained some threes last night. It just it just seems like to me that you are tempting fate, and a team that really can't be tempting fate, Natty. To be honest, uh, oh, I disagree. Be- no, we should tempt fate because what what do we have to lose? Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> uh, I mean, everyone Michigan says we can't tra- into into the lake. Mid- yeah, just becomes oh. doesn't exist anymore. I mean, like people are storming the Capitol and they have to hide to the <laughs> yeah, electors or whatever. Detroit, Michigan might not exist at all, but. But the Pistons should, they should play with fire. They should summon the lightning. Like they should run around in the storm because what the fuck else are you doing? You know, like, are we, if you're patiently building, then yeah, that's fine. On the other hand, be a chaos agent. Like if you can get something really, really good for Blake midseason, then obviously you do that. Yeah. Um, I still kind of can't believe that the Cavs took drum, but. Um, yeah, that, that made no sense. You know, like there's there's a reason to believe that um, it'll just be young guy, the young guys on this team next year. So you know, like maybe the master plan is going well, but the Pistons, like, who, who cares if we take on curses? Like, what if Leangelo had been good and we were like, oh shit, wait a second. You know, well, so like, I'm glad that they took a chance. That's what well, they yeah. should be doing. You should just take the chance and not cut him he you should just he should just sit there at the end of the bench so that you don't have to deal with lavar i think that's sort of maybe like the problem i I mean if he can't even make the pistons honestly i think that's a smart thing to do natty i think you are defending a cursed franchise now so have fun well it's not my team that keeps losing really good players for nothing pete
Yeah. Moving on. Speaking of a good team that's not going to lose their player for nothing, quickly before we go, Giannis <laughs> got the bag. So Ooh, nice segue, by the Thank way. Good you. job. Look at that you book start, ending. You started yeah. it off good. I had to finish it. Close uh, that book. Yeah. So Giannis, way to way to sign the max. Uh, let's see. What are what were the final stats for his for his big Is old fat contract? Two twenty eight. Yeah. Can opt like out that. after the fourth. Yeah. Two twenty eight. Uh, five-year max deal so there you go and he's job, what, 26 i mean this is he'll get another one in oh my God, four yeah. years i mean if he can opt out he will opt out just to sign another one but um this is the best news that milwaukee has had since they drafted him milwaukee they should had celebrate this him, like they just won the championship yeah. like it's i mean you have to imagine that Wisconsin loves Giannis just as hard as they love Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And yes. they sort of feel like they're, you know, like Giannis is traveling up just like Rodgers did. And, you know, just like with Green Bay, like you have to be able to provide him with good enough players around him. So it's very exciting that they get to keep him. And now the hard work really begins. Like, let's build this fucking team. Let's forget about the mistakes of the past. Yep. Like, this is the team now. Yep. We can make changes through the season. We have Giannis. Let's go. Like, great okay. for the Bucks. It's awesome. Fear the deer, for sure. Great for the Bucks. I, I'm, I am excited. To, I mean, I am excited as an NBA fan to watch this team. I love me some Drew Holiday. I'm really excited to see that pairing as a Celtics fan. Well, it's okay because Jason Tatum is yoked and is coming to destroy Giannis. Yeah, and I think, like, I'm not locking the Bucks in for the number one seed in the East. You know, no. like I think it's sort of up for grabs. I think it's entirely up for grabs. Um, all right. Well, there you go. Make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and fantasy football show. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Long Two Podcast. And also, we've kind of been batting this idea around. If you're interested. And playing some fantasy basketball this year with us, let us know. Tweet at us. Uh, maybe we'll start. Maybe we'll start a league, and uh, you can test your NBA knowledge against Maddie, and I can just draft Celtics players. <laughs> right, boyfriends only. Exactly. Only choose your faves. <laughs> Inez Cantor, uh, come on home. Oh, let's do this. Have a good week, Natty. Stay safe. Yeah, you do the same, man. See ya. <laughs>